0: Welcome to what do you like? We have a little bit different setup right now. Um, instead, Ryan's not going to be able to join us, but instead we have our editor and uh, my fiance Hunter.
1: Hello, hi, I'm Hunter. Yeah, I edit things.
0: Yes, he does. And our guest today is going to be our friend Andy, who has run on uh, who we met through doing Ragnar relays and. Uh, Today, we're talking about racing, right?
2: Uh, We sure are.
0: Yes, we are, and running in general. So we're going to start this off with just how did you get started with, with this form of fitness slash hobby?
2: I have always been athletic. I've always been active, even from when I was a kid. I played soccer, you know, and I wrestled growing up, you know, since I was probably about seven or eight years old. And so, I mean, I always was active in those different ways. And obviously with soccer, running is a very big part of it. And I can remember being in high school and the soccer guys always razz the cross-country guys like, oh, all you do is run. That's so easy. And yeah. you guys being cross-country runners, I'm sure would uh, refute that. However, things are a little yeah.
0: The saying was my sport is your sports punishment.
2: Yes. I remember those shirts and I got, I got a chuckle out of them now because it's so true. Yeah. they
1: <laughs> um, are
2: not wrong. No,
1: it's not at all.
0: Do if you didn't get the pass, right. You run laps.
2: Right. I was going to say in wind sprints. Oh yeah. man. Lots and lots and lots of wind sprints. Yeah. And so I was running a lot even then. And even for wrestling, you run quite a bit and you know, it was nothing for me to get out the door and run two, three miles, which isn't a lot, but I mean, it's enough. So then, I mean, I graduated high school and kind of stopped doing any type of athletics except for like rec league soccer every now and then. And then to 2012, a friend of mine that I worked with said, Hey, you know, sent out the mass email to a bunch of people at work said, Hey, I'm doing the run the bridge 10 K here in Philadelphia. Does anybody want to do it? And I was like, you know, yeah, why not? Yeah, well, I've never done in that before. So I went ahead and signed up and I worked for it and I did it. And I was like, okay, that was cool. Then after and I guess I was twenty six at the time. After that, it kind of became something I would do periodically, like basically when the when the winters broke here and I had some time and the weather was nice. I was like, Oh man, I can't be inside today. I gotta go run. So I go out and I'd run three miles ish ballpark you know three four something like that and probably about eight minute miles you know nothing fast just get out the door and go do it
0: that's my pace
2: (laughs) well probably slower than that we'll go with nine minute
1: miles okay
2: and uh so then it, it so i would just do that at the drop of a hat sometime never really training for anything and then uh Well, then I did that for about four years or so, and then there was a a time in my life where basically I could hit the reset button on everything. I mean, Uh you know, fate intervened in some ways, and I was able to steer my ship a different way than I had before, and I said, okay, you know, I want to do something I've never done before. I want to do something that is going to push me and challenge me outside of my comfort zone because that's... That's what I value is learning and growing and trying new things. And so I said, the big race here in Philadelphia is the Broad Street Run. It's a 10 miler. It starts and it's a straight line. It goes right through the middle of the city for 10 miles. Wow. That sounds the, fun. <laughs> it is. And it, the only turn you make is around City Hall and then you keep going straight. Wow and apparently they used to run right through city hall back in the day but they don't <laughs> anymore yes. for reasons i don't know but so i said okay you know and so two of my buddies i managed to rope into getting uh, signing up for with me and then we were some of the lucky five percent that did not get in mind you there are forty thousand runners that do that race wow so we i was just unlucky and i said well i said well i don't want i still want to do something like that and Lo and behold, the weekend before that was the New Jersey half marathon, well, New Jersey marathon Uh, and uh, half uh, marathon.
0: Three mile. It's like, okay, 10 miles. Not bad. Jumps up to an hour doing halves. (laughs) Yep. That was
2: exactly it. And I was like, well, it's only a 5k further. So, oh, why not? Let's just do it. And I said, if I can go out this weekend and run seven miles or six or seven miles. I said, you know, that'll the, my long runs will be just adding a mile on each week. That'll be doable. So if I can go run six miles, we're good. Went out that weekend, ran six miles, came back, felt fine. I said, Well, oh, I guess we're gonna do this then.
0: Yeah. There you go.
2: And lo and behold, I mean I, I, I trained for it. I found some sort of training plan online and mm-hmm. followed that and well, my goal is to do sub eight minute miles for the whole thing, and I wound up doing exactly that. So you uh, I was very happy with it, and I thought that would be it. And then uh, lo and behold, a very good friend of mine named Jordan Angerosa, who Hunter has met before. Awesome. Actually, you, and, you also met her. And, uh, we stopped yeah. by Madison well, last during
0: year. During your uh, road
2: trip. Yep, yeah, that's exactly right. He uh, did a training. I knew he ran cross country for our undergrad, Clarkson University, and we were up at our alumni weekend. And I said, "Hey, I got to do a ten-mile training run this weekend. You know, do you want to join me?" "Yeah, sure, I'd love to. We'll make it happen." So we did, and it was on that run he was like, "Hey, uh, you should you should do a Ragnar Relay with us this fall." I'm like, "I've heard of them. I hear they're a lot of fun. Sure, I'll do it with you. That sounds great." And again, didn't really think anything of it. And so that was in September. And then I guess it was July. He's like, hey, we're doing a trail Ragnar relay the month after the road Ragnar relay. Do you want to do that with us? I was like, haven't done the first one? Sure, I'll sign up for the second one. Why not?
1: In for a penny, in for a pound. I
0: I haven't experienced the first one yet, so I don't have an opinion, so why not add another
2: one? Exactly right. (laughs) I mean, like I said, the, the high of of doing the half marathon and, and finishing it, I mean, I was absolutely spent. I said, wow, that was something. Like, And it gave me what I needed, which was some structure and some order to follow. And I liked that because I'd been going to the gym pretty regularly, lifting weights. And, um, you know, it was just a different type of athletics I said you know this is interesting I can understand the cross-country guys a little bit more now
0: once you get like for I mean for me you know when I was in you know high school I was struggling with mental health and that was my uh, way to you know deal with that it was you know it gave you that little bit of a spark to keep you going and because it was that little bit of like endorphin rush and you know that's why I you know that's why I kept with it was I didn't know it at the time, but once I realized, you know, oh, if I don't have this, I kind of am risking, you know, not having good mental health. It's either running, which I enjoy, or I find something else. So I can definitely get that. Like it. that's how, it, that's that little, like little runner's high, it makes all the difference.
2: It sure does. And I, people ask me all the time, you know, what do you listen to in your runs? You Do you, you run with music? And my answer is no, an emphatic no, I might add. And I said, the reason for that is that we live in such a connected society today that you always have your phones on you 24 seven. There is, you know, smart watches and, you know, FaceTime and just we're so connected. And I said, the time that I am out running, the only thing I have on me is my watch and my keys. And that's it. Mm-hmm. And I don't get cell service on my Garmin watch. So it's the time when I can just detach from all of that and just be in the present, be in the moment and kind of let my mind wander. And you just see so many things when you're not focused on, you know, music or a podcast or something like that. Mm-hmm. And you get to see the, the, the beauty that is out there, whether that is in Philadelphia or Madison or... You know, the trails of some mountain that you're running up.
0: Yeah, I can definitely get behind that. You know, I started listening more to music because I um, don't run well uh, in winter. I have asthma. So it was, you know, run on the treadmill or don't run. And so that's why I listen to music. It's so, it's so I have a beat to run to. Mm-hmm. But like when it's like good weather and you don't have you know any like you know when it's good weather and you just want to you know leave you know leave all of like the news cycle and you know you it just makes so much sense to just get out go for you know get get a run it doesn't even have to be a long run and it's that i think people need, whether it's running or some other form, to be disconnected from our phones or the internet or something like that.
2: I could not agree more with that statement. And, you know, to your point there, there is no right way to run. There is no one set method. What works for me doesn't work for somebody else. And yeah. that is A-OK. Like mm-hmm. yeah. Every person has to is on their own journey, is on their own path. And what, what bothers me is when people say, oh, I'll never be as good as you. And I said, it's nothing about being as good. Like, nobody is better than somebody else. Somebody may be faster. I said, but that doesn't make them a better runner. Yeah. I said, if you are a runner, if you run, just because I'm putting down a faster pace than you, we are still runners together. And we are on the same level playing field. There is yeah. no attitudes there's no ego there's none of that and that's what i have enjoyed so much about the community as a whole is every i find everybody is so supportive of one another and willing to help and everybody's out there working the same rate like the people that are putting down a four-hour marathon are working every bit as hard as the people that are putting down a 230 marathon yes you know in fact if anything they're probably working harder because they're out there longer (laughs)
0: Yeah, time on feet definitely begins to become a factor.
2: Absolutely right.
1: <laughs> like I've I've run a handful of marathons and the hardest ones that I can remember are the ones where I was running like a 3:40 just for sheer that is a long time to do anything short of like sitting in one place and for me that's also hard but that's neither here nor there but it's way harder. I I personally find it way harder to Just be out and just keep going and going and going and going Then go out and run a little bit with a little bit more effort but knowing that there is an endpoint in sight. That's tough. I give a lot of props to people who can, if, if you run a marathon, cool, that's awesome. That is something that there are people who are in really good shape who can't do that. It is a achievement no matter how fast or how slow or how many tries it takes you, it is an achievement to run a marathon.
0: Yeah. I think the people who are, you know, they are just slower for, I give them way more props because not only is it like it's longer, so therefore it's more taxing on the body in a way, but it also is mental because if you're in like towards the back of the pack, it's, it can really take a, you can really take a hit because you're just like, you know, I'm running, I'm going to take forever, people are going to want to go home, there's not going to be people who want to support me, which I don't think is true. I think there will always be people during the race, whether they're working the water stations, or they're working, or they're there to cheer, like they will, they support the people who are at the end just as much, or they want to support them just as much as they support the person who came in first, because you have to respect just the amount of effort. That, take, that it takes to get a race done, you know, and even if that means walking a couple miles, running to more, you know, running and then walking, you know, you get that done. It's like, you can't, it can't be understated just how much of a feat that is.
2: Could not agree more with that. And as you said, the mental side of things, the mental toughness and the mental fortitude that you have to have is, a really inspiring thing to see, um, especially in those closing miles of a marathon when people are just in pain and agony, and you can see, you can see with each step they take, they are pushing past a limit that they did not know that they could achieve. And being able to see that is a, a truly inspiring thing. Yeah, and it's one of the things that I absolutely love about Marathon Weekend here in Philadelphia. I absolutely love it.
0: I remember in high school I was part I was watching the Boston Marathon and I would watch it every year because our the Boston Marathon goes right through my home uh hometown and the first time I ever saw it and it was just this sea of people and it was people in costumes and it was people you know working you know like it didn't matter what pays there are people in groups there was like charities Um, I was like I need to be a part of this this is just it is such a unifying thing to be a part of like the people who are cheering the people the spectators the people who are volunteering like the people in the front the people in the you know the people who are just running it for fun like it's such a good feeling and like watching it may always made me feel really good. And at the end of the day, and I want to have that. And I'm like, I need to, I need to run this race. You know, you, I felt like it was really hard for me, you know, to not have the opportunity to qualify until, you know, after college, cause I never had a chance to run a marathon. And I never really thought about it until after college because I didn't run distance that was something I picked up afterwards because that was what was around (laughs) and that's what Hunter was doing. So it was either, you know, find the races myself or just hop on what he was doing and tag along for the ride, however painful it may be.
1: (laughs) We were fine when we started running. When I started running again, you were Easily faster than I was, yeah, by a lot.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, that doesn't count. Like the time you took me out for a twelve mile to see how we do, and I got tunnel vision.
1: True, true enough.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, we've talked about how you started. We talk about you know what you like, you know, or even love about it. We can accept that running isn't for everybody, and despite the fact that there are short, you know, running and racing, you know, there are shortcomings. You know, sometimes your body just isn't like, capable of running, like, your knee, you know, you had, your knees don't take it, you know, take it as what, like, are falling apart, or, um, like, you just don't, you don't like it, I can understand that, like, despite that, those shortcomings, which I feel is more, like, on an individual level, but also, like, the physical pain, (laughs) what keeps you going, what keeps you going to, you know, each new race?
2: I will say that that kind of ties back into why I started and why I kept after it. The why I keep after it, that really started with the Ragnar Relay series. Because it I started to I started running because in order to deal with some negative emotions that I was feeling. And that run was a, a healthy outlet for me to channel that energy into something worthwhile and when I finally did those two Ragnar relays which was reach the beach in New Hampshire and then Ragnar trail Onda, mm-hmm. which is just so happens to be where I met your wonderful fiance yes,
0: Hello. and that's how you joined us and that's how you got roped into doing uh <laughs> um, Ragnars out here yes
2: and <laughs> When I did that and I met, and Hunter knows them, Team Rocket,
0: Yeah,
2: that's our our, our running team. Um, When I met them, it changed the way that I ran from, and it changed my why from dealing with these negative emotions to like, hey, I have a team behind me, and this is the first true team that I felt like I've been a part of since I graduated high school. Mm-hmm. When I was the captain of the wrestling team mm-hmm. and I had it suddenly a team of individuals that just, they accepted me for who I was. They were there to cheer me on. They always supported me and they made it fun. And I realized then that it could be more than the negatives and I could enjoy doing it because of the people that I'd chosen to surround myself with. Yeah. And reached the beach, just turned it on its head. And then Ragnar trail, I got to run with the same guy. I got to run with some new guys and some, some of these same guys. And again, that's where I met Hunter. And I was like, this is a community that I really want to be a part of. And the next year I basically was like, all right, you know, we're going to do the new Jersey. I got into the broad street run and I was like, okay, we're going to do this. That's going to be it. Like, you know, and I'll do the occasional Ragnar Relay now and then. But I said, okay, do I go back to back with the New Jersey half and the Broad Street run, which was back to back weekends? And I said, eh, you yeah, know what? Yeah, why not? Rough. And so for the first time, I actually sprinkled a little bit of like 400s into my training, like, yeah. a little bit of speed training. I was like, and I didn't know what I was doing again. I was just pulling some plan off the internet that yeah, yeah.
0: I nowhere.
2: <laughs> and Lo and behold, I went out in that second half marathon I did. And I mean, I went out at a blistering pace. I think I, I set my 5K PR like <laughs> within the first four miles of the race. I mean, it was suicidally fast. And somehow <laughs> so fast. I was like, I was like, there is no way I'm going to be able to hold this. I was like, but I feel good. So you know, yeah. we're just going to roll with it.
0: Yeah, keep
2: going (laughs) and then lo and behold i went 133 at that half and i was like how on earth did i just do that like how like (laughs) i could not believe that i had done that and then the next week i went at the 10 miler i went it was 110 and change and i was like wow and i remember seeing those and i was like okay, I might be halfway decent at this. Like, (laughs) what? Yeah, I mean, it was literally just like, wow, I'm already a better runner than I ever was a soccer player. So (laughs) maybe I chose the wrong sport in high school. (laughs) And uh, it was then that I was like, you know what? I mean, the, the day in the New Jersey half was the first day that I said, you know what? I always held the Boston Marathon up on a pedestal. I always viewed it as this this thing that only good runners got to. Like you had to just kill yourself in order to get there. And it was only for the best of the best.
0: I can tell you before the bombing happened, there were quite, I knew quite a few people that ran it and who did not qualify. higher security but I know and I put it on a pedestal too I I consider it like one of the thing one of those races like you said like only good runners can get into but at the same time I'm like and yet I see the guy who ran the banana costume <laughs> <laughs> and or the I'm guy like, or the
2: guy that juggles the entire race
0: or the guy that yeah. Juggles, yeah. <laughs> you know and so and then it's like Okay. So I guess, I guess there's the, the odd, ba- odd balls there as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but and- yeah, yeah, you're right. Like Boston does, Boston is something to, I definitely like get listening to those times, hearing those times, you know, you definitely had a shot. It just would take, it just takes the right kind of training.
2: And that's exactly what I kind of realized. I said, you know, what if I tried? What if, like, what, what would happen if I decided to dedicate myself to it? What could I do? And it was something that I'd thought kind of long and hard about. And I was like, and so I'd plan on doing a hat, the Philly half that fall and And basically, if I could get a good enough time for that, I was going to try at the New Jersey full the next year. Mm -hmm. And and so I call up Jordan Andros and I was like, oh, hey. I was like, the Philly half's only 50 bucks. You want to do it? And he's like, yeah, 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 that'd be great. (laughs) Okay, cool. So he's going to come down in November and do it with me. And then I guess it was in August, he calls me up. He's like, hey, I'm thinking about switching to the Philly full and qualifying for Boston. And I knew he was fast enough that it would be no problem for him. He's like, you should do the full with me. I was like, no, you're crazy. No, no. Why would I do that? I was like, that's no. That's a bad idea. Yeah. And then of course, two days later, of course, two days later, I call him back. I'm like, all right, I'll do it with you. (laughs)
1: That's a terrible idea. All right. Okay.
2: (laughs) And so, I mean, that's what kickstarted it all. And that's what kickstarted it. And then I took it from there and I, I bought a book, I read it cover to cover and I learned about nutrition. I learned about the supplemental exercises you supposedly should do that. I probably need to do more of and the stretching (laughs) and all of it. And I realized that it's a lifestyle. I mean, there is so much to it and you can't possibly know it all. Yeah, And I've spent the last, Three years now, trying to learn as much as I can about it. And I have learned a lot, and I'm very grateful for that. And what I have learned along the way is that it was less about getting to Boston and more proving to myself that I was capable of getting there. And along the way, I have met so many wonderful and incredible individuals and the community is what keeps me coming back day after day race after race and just continuing to put in the miles and I, again a prime example is i met hunter in 2017 at waiana and here we are having this conversation about 4 years later yeah, and it's yeah. because of running that i was able to meet all of you guys and Funny enough, I, I Hunter and you both know him, Josh Broden. Yeah, uh, I'd been able to reach out to him th- because I met him at uh, you know Ragnar Ragnar Great Midwest there. Yep. and you know we connected, and next time I'm up in Boston, I plan on giving him a holler. And uh, yeah. just that that group of individuals, and in every race you meet a couple new people here and there, and especially the thing in a major metropolitan area like Philadelphia there's a lot of races. There's a lot of people. And I met a guy here at the Love Run in Philadelphia, which is a half marathon. It was actually my tune-up race for New Jersey Marathon in 2019. And we rolled about half that race together. And just this year, we we basically reconnected. And he's interested me in some doing some triathlon training. And through the wonders of Strava and that race, you know, we've yeah, been able Strava. to keep in touch all these, all these years. So, yeah, it's a good thing. And, and I'm just I'm so eternally grateful for the community and the people that I've met as a result of it. And that's something that I don't want to lose because it is so supportive and inclusive. Yeah, And nobody cares how fast you are. Nobody cares about your PRs. It's just simply show up and put one foot in front of the other. It's that easy.
0: Yeah. Like, like saying, no, one, no one cares how, like people will run if they want running with people is one of the best parts of, you know, training is when you have a running group and having people who can help you and you can do your training runs by yourself. If you have to be fast, if you have to do a faster rate run and you, and the people are slower with you, but that should not stop you. And I don't think it ever, it doesn't stop anybody from running with people who are just slower or doing their training at a slower pace, because it's so important to have that social interaction, to be able to create those relationships, because that is how the support happens. It's the support structure that keeps everyone going. Because if, you know, you lose that, and you have that in races as well, like when all these races, had to go virtual I was not a huge fan of it I preferred to just opt out rather than run the virtual race because I'm like how am I going to run 26.2 miles without the people cheering me on for most of it I don't have that mental fortitude i can't have hunter like run to every like mile and go you can do it you got this
1: <laughs> and i i feel like maria would complain if i just rode my mountain bike behind her cheering <laughs> the entire way i feel like that would end badly for me
0: <laughs> it's, it's it's so important and it keeps people going because you know that you know, at its core, it's people being active and it is an important part to maintain your health. And it's not only mental, but also physical.
2: Absolutely. And my favorite days are race day.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: And the people that show up to support us, like they are one of the reasons I am out there doing it because just I feed off of their energy and you know, I can remember the Philly Marathon 2019. Like my goal was 2:53 for the for the marathon, and I wound up 2:58, 2:50, uh, and then 58 seconds. So I beat my goal by about two minutes. And early in the race, you run right through the middle of the city. I mean, it's it's not. I don't. I think it's at like the 10K mark. Uh-huh. So you're barely a quarter of the way done, and you're running through. Down Chestnut Street in the middle of Philadelphia, where it's wall-to-wall people among the skyscrapers, and it is loud, really loud. And it's so inspiring. And you have to really check your emotions because a part of you wants to just take off. It's like, no, I still have 20 miles to go. I can't like, you know, I can't be caught up in this energy despite the fact that it is just an awesome feeling and then of course the last mile or so of the race there's a lot of people there and of course the, i mean the closer you get to the finish line the more and more people it is and of course everybody's cheering for it and it's the most wonderful feeling ever like yeah. guy and i mean the, the, the people that show up to cheer us on are just awesome i i my favorite memories though i have to be out in maniunk they have a lot of frat bros out there and they have beer tables set up so that you can be running and grab a cup of beer on the way or a shot and I'm like guys I love you not today (laughs) yeah
0: I remember I don't know I think it was grandma's marathon I was running behind two women who had happened to just be running next to each other so they were chatting and one of them goes i've always wanted to do this one sec and she ran past someone and she took an entire can of beer
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: she's like i've never like felt the want to do this but tonight today i do and she drank the whole thing
2: live your life there and i'm you like go. yeah you go
0: you do this but like the um one, i i think we were at illinois and they had one of the frat houses was playing um Oh, what was it? Was it uh, cut the cord by. I think it shined out. Shine down. Yep. Yeah. And it jazzed me up so much. Like I gave the, you know, I gave the devil horns, and one of the guys saw me. He's like, "Eh." Hey! <laughs> <laughs> like, that really helped because that was like at the halfway point, and I need, <laughs> I needed that. <laughs> it's like sometimes it's just like the right music or the right interaction. Like the there was one lady who had a sign that says, "My dog's giving free pets." <laughs> <laughs> that was also pretty great. <laughs>
2: I think my favorite sign I ever saw was that so Broad Street, again, you start north of the city, up up around Temple University, and then you end at the Philadelphia Naval Yard. It's actually a net downhill of like 200 feet, and it's at like mile six or seven. It's just south of center, center city, and there was a guy that had a sign there that I actually started laughing at. And it said, run like her father just walked in. (laughs) And I was like, dude, I have seen a lot of signs. I've never seen that one before. A plus for that one. That is fantastic. That's
1: really smart. That's a good one. That's
0: clever. Because, you know, it's always run like you stole something.
2: Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But
0: yeah. that's smart, like,
2: cause that's like, that's a good spin on it. <laughs> and then what's funny is I would always wear, and Hunter has, when our Team Rocket shirts with just a big red aerial R on it. Oh. And it being that I ran a lot in New Jersey or Philadelphia, people are like, oh, go Rutgers. I'm like, no, yeah. no. <laughs> However, there would be a handful of guys that would be like, go Team Rocket. I'm like, Yes. <laughs> Yes, there you. Yes. <laughs> I yes, yes, you. Good job.
1: Cool. You got my Pokemon reference. Awesome. That's
2: exactly right. And, I'm, I'm uh,
0: actually curious who thought was it was it Sean who thought of the name Team Rocket?
2: That's a good question. And I don't remember how that all started, but those guys are I I just I cannot say enough good things about them. And yeah. to the point of well, hunter is at the right time right place the guy that's that I've talked to about getting into triathlons it the love run has one hill climb and it's at like halfway it's like mile seven of a half marathon so you know barely halfway and then once you get to the top of it you go down and then it's flat the rest of the way home and there was a guy climbing up that hill that sounded like a diesel i mean he sounded like a locomotive that was running out of fumes i mean this guy was just dying and my buddy goes breathe man breathe breathe through it and I, I don't know why but at that moment it caught me so funny i just could not help but laugh and i, I still to this day remember that i was like that was just perfect timing man <laughs>
1: Yeah, sometimes you just need that. Like, oh right, I'm running and I need to breathe properly, and correctly.
0: <laughs> exactly. Thank you for that advice, <laughs> but it is. But I mean, like, I
2: like breathing. <laughs>
0: yeah, I like. I sometimes I forget.
2: <laughs> ten out of ten would recommend. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but like going back, because I remember. Well, Sean ran with us in college, and he was taught very. Like I remember, for one Halloween, he created a T-shirt costume of the super saiyan man from uh from um uh, dragon ball z oh (laughs) and it was a college like costume but uh it was made completely out of like towels and t-shirts and i'm just like this guy is so unabashedly nerdy and i love (sighs) it He did go to a tech school. So it's, uh, (laughs) it is inevitable.
2: (laughs) It is, it is. And I got to say the people that I have met from your college team there, I love every single one of those guys. I have really, really, especially great Midwest there. Getting to meet all those guys. It was a real pleasure to be able to talk running with people like yourselves that ran collegiately. You know, that was not something I ever did. And, um, you know, I, I'm not even sure I would have I guess in a weird sort of way, I'm grateful that I came to it how I did, when I did. Yeah. Because there is a guy that does coach me and I've talked to him. And again, he's only 23, 24 years old. However, he's good enough to qualify for the Olympic trials and the marathon. Okay. Um, Yeah, that good. In talking with him, I said, you know, why do so many guys burn out from it? And his response was that in, co- in a lot of colleges, they have one method for the whole team. Yep. The whole team gets, you're running this many miles today. You're running this many miles at this many pace at today. And he said, there's not an individualized approach to each one of them. And so it's, we're going to get 15 guys in here, throw everything we can at them. And the ones that survive, great. And the ones that don't, well, so be it. They couldn't last. And it just burns them out. And I remember at, you know, Ragnar Trail, Wisconsin there, or or Northwoods, I guess it was, you know, being able to speak with that, that one former Michigan runner. Yeah. And he said, yeah, yeah. And he said, I haven't ran since college, since I graduated. And he said, I'm just, I'm burned out from it. Which is unfortunate to hear, and I understand that because when you dedicate so much of your life to it for so long, yeah like the pleasure and the fun goes out of it. And when you're at that level, you can't enter a local 5k and have a good time when you smoke everybody by five minutes.
0: I mean you can. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's, it's a different It's a different feeling when you, when you show up to a local race. like I ran a couple of local races when I was in college and I was from a small enough town that if I showed up at the 5Ks, I would be one or two if somebody from Madison had come out. Um, But I can remember running a race and being two minutes ahead of everyone else. And it's just a different feel when you finish that and you're just like, oh, well now I gotta go run a cool down. I gotta do all my (laughs) prep work. I got to get all this other stuff done. So your focus is less on that community, yeah. which is so important, and it's a lot more on. Well, I did this fun thing. Okay, now I need to actually treat everything correctly, cool down, get get into the right spot. And if you're finishing far enough ahead, you just kind of get the weird timing.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and I was. I feel like I after college, I had definitely began to. I was thinking about doing a different type, different type of activity to remain active because I was I had been injured my last year of running had been cut short like my coach let me run as a no time entry for my our last um, non-qualifying meet just because and it was like not probably not like the greatest idea but we need I wanted to finish it and course I smoked everybody because no one had seen me no one on the team had seen me run for a year so they were like what what did you just do and I'm like it's fine you know I, I will go back you know I'm just gonna put my boot back on and like gobble away now but I was like not really sure if I wanted to continue it but then I stopped running like I was following college like criteria, you know, the college workouts where, you know, okay, where the, and it was always like pile on the miles, pile on Mm -hmm. the miles. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, well, what if I just try to stick with like at least 30, if I do more great, but 30 is what is my goal every week. And suddenly I felt much better because I didn't have that, like, you know, you're not meeting what is needed to be done kind of like headspace because you know sometimes you do get to that point and it always it almost felt like it was never enough in some cases and another thing with college is like the coaches only have you for four years so you just so if you burn out towards the end of your fourth year they're okay they're not like they're not happy but they're okay with it because you're they're not they're basically That's their end of their time with you, so it's a it's a complicated system, and it's definitely like I would say flawed. But you know, I don't dis I didn't dislike my time running, and that's how I met Hunter. So, you know, I'm still friends with people from that from our team. So, not like everybody. We weren't like best friends, but it's a team. It is a team.
1: Having teammates is just a different. It's a different tenor. Having group runs is great, and having a group that you run with is fantastic. If you're even in doubt, like, hey, should I find a group to run with? Yes, go, yeah. go look, go find. One hundred
2: percent, one hundred percent. And I'm a member of the, I will call them the elite running club of Philadelphia here, uh, Philly Runner Track Club is the name of them, and I join them and. I just fit in. I mean, I really did. And I am so grateful for them. I unfortunately have not had the opportunity to, well, that's not true. I did run with them once. I could do some group runs with them. It's difficult because everybody has their own schedule. So I do the vast majority of my runs alone. Mm -hmm. Um, However, in what, what you guys were talking about, the community aspect earlier, there's two guys I met through a, it's called the Bucks County Roadrunners Winter Race Series. That's quite a mouthful. I know that. Yes. And it's up in, it's about an, eh, 45 minutes north of me, an hour, something like that. And it's in a very hilly state park up there. And the races range from 5K up to a half marathon. Every week there's one starting in like early December through like like half of february so it's like every weekend there's a race i did it one year in 2019 there i don't think i'll do it again i will say that like that was one of the best things i've ever did because my two i'd say two of my best running friends i met there jamie gray and timbula who whenever when i was up in alaska they hey when are you coming home let's get some miles in together done oh, nice. <laughs> yeah so I would always get, I would get to meet up with them. Tim and I would go do our long runs together and Jamie was is much faster than me. And I'd be able to say, Hey, you know, I was planning on doing a workout tonight. Do you want to pace me for it? Yep. Sure thing. Love to be there. So I got to work with the two of them and they're two of my very good friends in Philadelphia now. And I am, and I, again, I met them through running and through that community I just I wouldn't trade it for anything they're yeah. they're really good guys and um, they've got great ambitions and uh, some big lofty goals yeah and that's what, always
0: nice it's nice to it have is. goals I find
2: <laughs> it is <laughs>
0: uh, I just I think like post not collegiate but like if you've run in high school and you've run in college afterwards when you go out and you find a running group it's you know, it depends on the type, but I feel like the re, the relationships you make are a little more natural because you're, it, it is almost, it's it's people searching for this type of, whether it's that pace or the people looking for a certain like goal. In college and high school, they're throwing together a bunch of people with very different like sometimes they have very different ideas of what they want from this team and so that doesn't necessarily mesh it doesn't mean that it doesn't work of course but it turns it you know i prefer the um friendships i've made you know from like well not prefer i guess that's not the right term but i do like the friendships i've made outside of college running, um, there's, like I said, I still have friends that I, and we're going to be running with them in the next Ragnar relay in a couple, in a, next week. But I think, you know, you you have a little bit more, it's, and those are like some of the few that do, you do connect with. and But I feel like everyone who we run with at the long run group, there, you know, it's just, it's a pretty decent, uh, you know, it's pretty decent uh, understanding of one another. And you're not like, and I've never seen anyone really butt heads because, you know, you're not forced to be with each other every, you know, six days a week and run together and you have to be together and you have to be supportive.
2: <laughs> I can totally agree with that. And, yeah, you know, to anybody out there listening, there are so many different running groups for so many different purposes, like you touched on there. And, you know, prime example is here in Philadelphia, there's Fishtown beer runners that they meet up on uh, a couple days a week and that for their group runs and they'll go run five, maybe six miles. And then they go to a bar and they get their drink on and that's okay. And then there's, Black men run Philadelphia, and then there's students run Philly style, and you know there's so many different groups for the purpose that you want, and you know again, PRT uh, Philly Run a Track Club, PRTC, there are some guys that are college age that aren't running for college. They chose to forego that in order to run, and frankly, they're good enough that they could win some races and make a few dollars from it, and. Um, and so they, they can they, accept it even at right, right. college age. Yep. And they can train the way that they want to rather than the way that their collegiate program tells them that they should.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And um, there's so many different groups and everybody has their why and everybody, each different group has a purpose. And I think that's a wonderful thing because everybody has their own goals, their own ambitions. And some people do it and they never race. And that's great. They, they just do it because they want to be healthy or they enjoy the time out there. And I think that's great. Like everybody that you don't have to have one set way of doing things. You don't have to take somebody else's why. And there was a book that I absolutely shill for. It's called The Happy Runner. And I encourage everyone to buy that book and read it because it really challenged how I viewed running and racing as a whole. And essentially the gist of it is if you are always chasing personal records and always chasing podium finishes, you will never truly enjoy the process and you'll never truly enjoy running because you will always be seeking that next dopamine hit of I set a PR or I didn't set a PR. What went wrong? How can I fix this? How can I improve? And it's more, they talk about how how you have to enjoy the process of it and the community of it. And once you are able to do that, then you are truly free from shackling yourself to hitting certain times and certain paces and winning races and making the podium and like qualifying for this and that. Whereas if you can enjoy the process and just keep showing up every day And there are days you're not going to enjoy, and that's okay. If you're showing up still, and you're getting something worthwhile out of it, that is what truly matters at the end of the day.
0: Yeah. Well said. Yeah. I mean, of course, that totally is, like, I think that's why, you know, when you're out of school and running, like, I think that's one of the biggest reasons why people still go to it is because... It's key. It's giving you something to keep looking for. And that's why people who do, as you were saying, you know, not paying attention to where you're placing, not being, you know, held up by like having to be better every single time. Those are the people who don't do that. They or who do that. They stick around longer because the others will burn out. And that is to say, you know, maybe there are some people that just run better when they have a goal and they have that goal to set. You we don't know. And but that's also okay. And that's the beauty that is this sport is like you said, it's all types. And you will always find you will probably be able to find a group, I would say.
2: Absolutely. And the way I race, anything shorter than A marathon, I do not look at my watch for it. I only run by feel. And the reason I do that is one, I find I run a whole lot better that way. And I can get in tune with my body to say, like, can I maintain this for another 10 miles, another five miles, another mile? And you have to be able to adjust on the fly like that. And I've set all my personal records since I started doing that, mm-hmm. and and no matter what, like at the end of the race, I know I gave my all, and so I'm not disappointed. And like the last thing I want to do is be five miles into a half marathon and look at my arms, be like, oh, I'm behind, I got to pick it up. Yeah, it's like no, like at the end I- of the race, I what I got is what I got, and I'm happy with that. I'm very happy with that. Like I left it all out there. I ran the race that I was capable of. It's what it is. I'm not upset with it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'll am i admit I'm the opposite. I am checking my watch more than I really should. I will justify it to myself thinly in that I also use it just to sort of confirm how I'm feeling, sort of a, okay, I think I'm feeling okay. I know roughly what my paces should be and how things feel and say, okay, yep, my I'm still feeling good. I think I'm in the right ballpark and I should run without my watch more than I do, but it's it's hard to get out of that habit. But yeah. I, I would recommend it yeah. even if I don't do it. I mean,
0: I've had to do it a couple of times when I've forgotten my watch during races. It's not been It's been nice. That's true. <laughs> I've used yeah.
2: you. <laughs> yeah. I will say that one of my, one of the things I enjoy doing is I'll flip it over to just the, the time of day. That's it. That's the one field. It'll it'll literally just have the time of day. I'm like, okay, I know that this route that I'm doing is X number of miles. Let's go do it. And that's it. I don't look at anything else. Mm -hmm. And I just go out there and I'll do this training run. And really the only time that I look at it is when I'm doing a workout, like, because i'm often hitting paces that i haven't spent a lot of time in those zones so yeah. i'm not comfortable at that pace and so i need to make sure well i, I try to make sure that i'm at that pace and it's sustainable and yeah. you know my, my coach will schedule me i mean the, the one workout was just comical eight mile repeats i'm like dude i've seen four i've seen five i've never seen eight
0: that sounds brutal how many it, repeats
2: until you said stop (laughs) eight mile repeats at like a 618 clip and i'm like okay and that wasn't like a killer it was hard but it wasn't killer and i'll simply say that like by the fourth fifth sixth one you really do get locked into the time so you don't have to look at it as much however then when you dial it down to like 400s at like 5k pace. It's like, okay, you know, these should be run at like a 530 pace. I'm like, I don't really know what that feels like. So we're just kind of going to go with this and, uh, Oh, look, I got to pick it up a little bit. And I can do that because it's a finite distance and it's a finite time. And I know I've got a good recovery after it, but aside from workouts, I I really don't even look at it.
0: For races In the beginning, I, don't, so Hunter is, is all about numbers and planning and that's works for him. But I, I really, I, that was how a lot of my training was in college and it just never worked. Cause my coach was like, I need you to hit these paces for your thousand race, you know, each 400 is this pace. And it just, it just never really clicked. But when I, but since I ran mid distance throughout high school and college, I am very used to having like that, to saving just that tiniest amount of energy for your final kick. And so when I'm running and especially in the beginning, I'm like, how do my legs feel? I feel yeah. like I still have that little bit of energy and you keep that re- you keep that in your reserve, no matter how you're feeling, you always have that little bit of reserve just enough so that when you're at the last 400 or the la or even the last mile you can kick it in and just keep going until the end and that's just my that's my mid-distance training and it, you know it, it always makes a really great finish when i completely smoke everybody crawling across the finish line and it looks like <laughs> i've been doing that all day
2: <laughs> and you know you hit the nail right on the head with that one like again philly marathon 2019 there I probably passed, no joke, 30 people from like the halfway point to the finish, and it was just I ran such a well-paced race that I knew each mile needed to be 6:35. So, first half 6:35, 635, 6:35, 635, boom, 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 boom. Now there was some hills thrown in there, and I mean they weren't huge, but they were big enough. And so I said, I'm gonna maintain the effort going up these hills. I'm not going to maintain the speed. And the people that did maintain the speed, I wound up absolutely dusting them by the end of the race. And so I said, I'm gonna maintain the the effort level and just run a constant effort throughout the race. And once I hit the halfway point point, I said, I feel great. It was, okay, see that guy in front of me, catch him. See the guy in front of him, catch him. And it was just incremental gains, just, just very incremental speeds. But as you said, like asking myself, how do I feel right now? Is this something I can maintain for another 10 miles, eight miles, five, three, two, one. And the answer was always yes. Okay. Then push it a little bit, just a little bit more. It doesn't have to be a ton. Just push it a little, especially in a marathon, like push it a little bit more. And then I hit the turnaround at mile 20 and I'm like, I got a 10 K to go. And I feel like a million bucks. I said, we're just going to empty the tank. <laughs> and there were, I mean, I passed a lot of people in that home stretch there, which was cool. Cause I, I mean, you're going to actually see my pictures from that race. I have the big smile on my face. The last couple miles, which you're not supposed to have in a marathon, but I felt physically that good. Yeah. So, Hey, things work out how they're supposed to.
0: Sometimes all the pieces fall into place. I, yeah. I don't know if you've ever like, I call them like running buddy. It's someone who just happens to be at your pace yep. and you sit, you just run with them for the entire race. And I've, I've had a couple people that have, I've, you know, I've just ended up falling into a lot, you know, falling into pace with, and I've never talked to them. We just happen to fall next to each other. I don't really talk a lot during races. It's, I'm kind of focused on other things, yep. but it's that understanding of, I need you to keep this pace. Otherwise, I can't keep this pace. And, it's, and I know the same is with you. We're just keeping each other
1: going. Let's just drive right. through this.
2: There is an unspoken understanding.
1: <laughs> yeah. I can't do this alone. You can't do this alone. But if we're both doing this, we can probably make it work.
2: Yeah. Which is exactly what happened at the 2020 marathon trials with Alphine Talamook and Molly Seidel. Yeah. They broke away from the pack. It was just the two of them and they were working together. And in the 2016 trials of Shalane Flanagan and Amy Craig, they were teammates together. They ran the 23 miles together before Amy said, I got to go. Like when you have a teammate that you can work with or at least somebody that you can work with, it definitely feels easier. And there's no other way to say it. Uh, It just does feel easier, despite the fact that you're working every bit as hard. Um, Just having a group of individuals around you is uh, I think a comfort thing. I don't know.
0: I think so. I think we're definitely like humans in general are geared to having that support network. And, you know, because we are at the core pack
2: animals absolutely you'll appreciate this one the the one race this year i was truly allowed to let it rip at was um the delaware fusion five miler and i knew the competition was not going to be stiff down there aka i knew i'd be in the top two or three and i said well you know whatever i i need a race to see where my fitness is at and my coach god love him he said yeah five miler that's perfect he said by the way take some chances at mile four. And I was like, okay. I, I, I stowed that in the back of my head and I said, all right, all right. And there was one guy at the start line. I was like, this guy is going to dust me. And he beat (laughs) me by like, I don't know. It was like, it was like four minutes or something like that. Yep. And, I took second overall, he obviously won and it yeah. would turn into a solo time trial for me. So that the guy that took third finished like a minute and a half behind me. So I was alone for that entire race. However, I also said to myself, well, I don't get anybody to work with. So this is all me. This is all mental on my part. I mean, I went out hot. I didn't know it at the time, but, and of course, I mean, Each mile was a little bit slower than the previous one, and then it hit mile four. And I remembered what my coach told me, and I was like, "All right, man, just empty the gas tank. Whatever you got, you got one mile to go. You know how far that is. Just give it your all." And I did, and I I closed that last mile at basically the same pace that I split mile two at. I was like, "Wow, all right, that's exciting."
1: Yeah. And fun.
2: it was and the last half mile I kind of I kind of had a general idea where I was but I didn't know where the start finish line was and it was like a half mile to go I got out onto this road and you turn left and I was like, oh now I know where I'm at yeah. <laughs> and I knew I knew where the finish line was even though it was like you basically had to go about a third of a mile and then turn left and it was right there. So I said, all right, this third of a mile, like, as you said, like that finishing kick, that was my finishing kick. And I said, just, no matter how much it hurts, no matter how much you don't think you can do it, you got a third of a mile, just go. And I did. And I mean, you could see right on the graph, like you could see right where I picked up that speed and (laughs) That was the first time I've ever been able to do that because obviously I never ran cross country. I I never did middle distance or anything like that. So shorter distance stuff like that is just not something I'm experienced with like that to be able to save for a final kick like that.
0: It's kind of addicting, I won't
2: lie. Not at the time it's not. (laughs) However, after you finish, it sure is.
1: No, it's great to have done that. It sucks in the moment.
2: That is absolutely correct. (laughs)
1: will
0: say like the way you run well the way I ran and I'm assuming that this is how a lot of people would run like for example the 800 meter is you go out at like 95 percent and then your lap and then that's your first lap and then your second lap is a hundred percent until you hit the 100 meters and then you hit 110 mm-hmm. <laughs> percent like the 200 meters to go it is just increasing speed and there is like you can't sit on any like well you can sit on people but you just don't have a lot of time to do it you gotta make your move quick i saw one race it was like the indoor championships it was the thousand meters so a little longer and I remember being completely stunned when the guy who won started out in sixth place <laughs> <laughs> and he just, in like the last 200 meters to go, he just zipped around everybody and he came in first. And that I'm like, that is such a mental fortitude that you have that comp, like the, like you have that confidence that you're like, if I hold it here, I can beat all of them because I'm going to be able to outkick them.
2: That is truly impressive. And, I have enjoyed watching a woman by the name of, of, of a thing, Mo, who's from Trenton, New Jersey, which, Hey, Jersey pride right here. Uh She won the, the American trials in the 800 meter and then went to the Olympics and just dusted the field. (laughs) And she was the first American she's 19 years old too, which is even more impressive. Absolutely beautiful to watch her run. Like she, I've never seen somebody so composed and just gl- it's like effortless. She just glides. The thing that I admire most about her is she had like the world lead this year, and in the trials and the the, the Olympics, and even after that, there was another race in the diamond league that she set the American record. <laughs> she goes to the front and she says i'm running this race if you want to chase me go right ahead Like, but she does not sit back i mean i feel like a lot of those races pretty much anything over 400 meters they get tactical Mm -hmm. and the thing mo is like nope this is my race if you want to catch me you're going to have to run the race of your life good luck I mean and
0: sometimes that, that is, is the tactic. That is the ta- that was Steve Prefontaine's tactic. Yes,
2: exactly. He,
0: when people sat on him. Yep. He's like that's cheating.
2: <laughs> yep. That's run, exactly right.
0: You run as fast as you possibly can 100% of the time. Don't be get you don't try to think tactically. You just go out and it seemed to work for him, yep. but uh, <laughs> and, and until, until the 5k and,
2: uh in the Olympics,
0: the... <laughs> well,
2: uh, you know, mostly to...
0: worked.
2: his one quote is one of my all time favorites. And I feel like I should get that tattooed on me when he said to give anything less than your best is to waste the gift. Yep. And I was like, man, that is just incredible. I was like, I absolutely love that line so much. And I've always kind of wondered that. Like, if you are somebody that knows I can put down a 1435K, why are you hanging with guys that are putting down, like, a 15-minute 5K and just waiting to outkick them in the final 400 meters? It's like, that's not giving your very best and like I get why they're doing it because it's more okay. important to win than it is set a PR yeah I also I think to myself I'm like there's the guys there's basically everybody behind you is just like giving their maximal efforts and not getting close to what you have mm-hmm. and, and that's just something that I've always found interesting and so a runner like a thing Mo. When she does that, I'm just like, respect. Like, seriously respect. Like, that's how I love watching racing. I I just, I I think it's great. And, um, yeah, she's one of the few, I think, that does it anymore. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's it's a really high-risk, high-reward strategy. It is very
0: risky to do. Oh, yeah. Because if you don't happen to have a good race, or someone just happens to be faster than you, you you're you've played your card this is your hand and it is like as you, as you said with prefontaine you know it's ha- it's racing at its very bare bones core and which can be both a beautiful and and also you know a in a very risky move i'm sure and, and also you need to have an insane amount of confidence that you're going to win mm-hmm. <laughs>
2: Absolutely right.
0: <laughs> like, I liked, um, for example, for the marathon, in the Olympic marathon, too, Molly Molly Seidel, when she ran...
2: Wisconsin represent!
0: Wisconsin rep! Yeah! You know, uh, Hunter's sister ran against her in high school. She
2: no way!
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I still remember going to one of uh, my sister's meets, I think it was her senior year, and... I think it's Cambridge, Wisconsin. She was running regionals and my sister went off and ran and then Molly went off the front by about 200 meters and just kind of parked it (laughs) and just kept going. And then my sister was one lap short, but Molly had already finished. Um, It's a different story. Yeah. She's, my sister is still, And she should be proud. She's still proud that she didn't get lapped twice in the (laughs) two-mile. Because Molly, the, I believe, four-time mile and two-mile champion in Wisconsin.
2: I think you're right. I think I remember hearing that.
1: She's either four-time or it's three-time and didn't run one of them because she broke her foot in the other one the day of the race. Yeah, Molly cool. is entertaining and a really really fun person to watch. Yeah, we don't know her, but oh, she's entertaining.
0: We've, we oh, very I, we very so. much loved watching run her run the marathon because when it was at the you know when it was closing in and she was sitting at fourth and you had the front pack so the two women from Kenya and then the other and the person in third was from Israel. Mm-hmm. You know you could see the Kenyans were accelerating and mm-hmm. the. Uh, competitor from Israel was keeping up with them and Hunter's like Molly's taking the bet that one of those people is going to crash and so she is staying she is running her race and she's taking the bet that one of those people is not going to make it and she can take third and she was 100% right
2: yep I think
1: it cut to commercial cut back from commercial and you saw the person the woman from Israel walking and it was yep. like all right yep d- don't mess this up. Just keep hammering. Yeah, she did. Oh, it was I, a beautiful finish.
2: It really was. And I thought the same exact thing. And I I remember Jordan Anjerosa telling me this about I think my first marathon because he did it with me. He said, "You run the race so the race doesn't run you." Yeah. And especially in a race like the well, I mean, again, anything, you know, over the 400, the 800 on up, you you can race it tactically and you have to know what you're capable of and Molly knew what she could do and to her credit she did not overexert herself she knew she would get to the finish line and I got to give her all the credit in the world. I mean, that was just, that was so inspiring to watch. It yeah. really, really was.
0: She ran such a good race and oh, she was so smart about
2: it. Absolutely flawless. And I mean, she reached down in and just pulled something out of her. I don't think she even knew she had, but that was inspiring to watch. I, I absolutely enjoyed every minute of that.
0: It was such a, like, and I just love that that's her third marathon she's ever run.
2: Yeah, yeah, and (laughs) (laughs) it it also cracks me up that like people like, "Oh, it's only her 3rd I'm like, "Yeah, she was also like a ten-time national champion from Notre Dame. Like, this isn't some nobody. Only
0: her third, and she's got a bronze medal in the marathon. Right.
2: I'll say this: she's not some rookie amateur here. This is not an accident that she did this.
0: She qualified. She ran such a good half that they considered a qualifying time for the full, for the marathon trials. Yep.
2: Yep.
0: (laughs) Like, that's how good she is. (laughs) Yep. And she put so much, like, she put so, like, I don't want to say put it on the line, but she made a lot of sacrifices to make sure she could get there. Oh,
2: absolutely.
0: It's all, it was all worth it in the end. And, you know, you got to respect that.
2: Yeah. And I love her story too about, overcoming an eating disorder when she was at notre dame like that's truly inspiring because everybody thinks like you know there is one type of runner's body and that's just simply not true and again you you contrast that with you know (laughs) i've seen des linden she actually is like the mc for the philly marathon out here she's five nothing and 98 pounds yeah i mean she is a tiny tiny person and again, qualified for the marathon or for the Olympics a couple times, mm-hmm. and then you have taller runners like a Thing Mo, and like throwing down races like she did, and so they come in all shapes and sizes, and like there is no one set way that you have to look or should look. Yeah, and I think that's a wonderful thing.
0: Um, yeah, like I've definitely like post college, I'm running better than I think I ever did in college and I feel better about it but I've gained weight you know I was I also think I wasn't eating enough in college just because of money (laughs) like I couldn't I wasn't like it was also you know I was the one controlling my nutrition and so I was like what's the cheapest we do that and um so that was a big factor in it as well but you know now that I'm I have the correct nutrition. Of course, I gained some weight. And Hunter's sister and I were talking about this because I, I like to say Katcha can break someone in half. She's pretty muscular person, and she does not. I would say she doesn't have the typical runner body, but that you know that doesn't mean she's not a good runner. She's you know incredibly dedicated, and you know she put she puts in a lot of effort. And, you know, we were, you know, saying, you know, it's really hard to think about, you, you see the you see like Des Linden, who is like tiny, tiny person. And you have to be like, that's not me. If I got to that equivalent, I probably wouldn't be able to run as well
1: as I do. For, for background right. on my sister, a little bit more. Uh, she is a former, I'm not gonna remember what event, she rode crew in college and was incredibly good at it and in duels or dual skull whatever the two-person boat she and one of the other people on the team double skulls thank you i want to say either won her region or was competitive nationally and like set her school record on one of their tests in the erg room yeah so break someone in half yeah she she can break most of us in half Yeah, of our friends out here it's just like oh yeah she's the strongest person in this area okay cool 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 cool
0: yeah she i remember she was telling a story how she either like smoked everyone so bad in a time trial that they told her not to do it again like not to do it again but to like like she didn't have to redo it or um it was uh, something along the lines of like she might have broken the machine or something like that <laughs> like it it was insane she was really good you know and that was that was just her sport you 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 can't compare because your race is your race it's not the person ahead of you's race and so what if you tried to catch them and they didn't you know now you focus on you have to focus on yourself absolutely but I, I think it's important. I think that point on like body type and I think the running community, especially after college, that, that mindset changes dramatically and it's not perfect still. It's only been you know, a couple of years since that article about Alberto Salazar came out and oh, yeah. you know we've got a long way to go, but the fact that we're moving forward at all with that understanding is important and it's important to keep the support. And that's why I like amateur running. That pressure to look a certain way or to or to run a certain amount of miles, that isn't there. You do what's comfortable.
2: It's a very good way to say it. You do, everybody's on their own journey, everybody's on their own path and everybody has their own reasons and they are all correct. They are all right. And what works for one person doesn't matter to somebody else. And we only have so many trips around the sun. Just make the best of it and make the most of it. That's kind of how I feel with it. And I have loved meeting the people that I have, no matter who they are, I, I think they're just wonderful um, and so supportive. And I try my very best to do that for other people that are like, oh hey, I think I'm going to run a 5K. Like great. That's, that's awesome. You know let me know if there's anything I can do for you. Like, and they, they'll come to me with some questions like, oh, hey, you know, I've got, I'm doing this. What do you think about that? Oh, okay. Yeah. And we'll sit down. We'll talk about it. And um, I, I don't ever try to, I mean, obviously it's something I talk a lot about because I spend a lot of time doing it. However, it's not my entire life. And so people, I think, feel comfortable in talking to me about it. And I enjoy other people's successes almost as much as I enjoy my own.
0: And that's how it should be. Yeah. Well, I think on that note, we're going to wrap it up. Sounds and good. It was such a joy talking to you and talking about racing and you, know, sw- com- and, you know, swapping stories about races and training. And I feel like, you know, we really dug into, you know, what just what makes running enjoyable, not only to you, but to other people as well. And, you know, we hope to see you soon, whether on, on the starting line of a race or at a Ragnar, get healed
1: up.
2: Uh, (laughs) Ragnar. (laughs) I appreciate it. And yeah, I, I I hope you guys, I wish you guys the best at uh, Ragnar. And if you're doing Boston this year, I hope you absolutely crush it. Um,
0: I I am. uh, Yep. It's, it's in the cards.
2: Good, good. I'm happy to hear that. next year I'm planning on doing it and um i hope to see you then as well cuz it's it's a race i'm going to do <laughs> and uh i will be back out there i don't know when but we'll make it happen and uh, in the meantime we'll be in touch and you know you guys have just you guys have been such a big part of my journey as well and you know, I'm very grateful for it. I'm grateful for everybody that I've met along the way. So.
0: Well, you've yeah. been fun. It's been
1: a fun to have you along for the ride. Say that. <laughs> We're glad to meet you. And I'm glad you picked me up from the airport. <laughs> oh, <first> dude. <laughs> I can yeah. all
2: that these was... years later, man, I would do it again. And I'm so grateful that we had that time together. That was, <laughs> that that was, was <laughs> awesome.
1: That was a really, really fun trip. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so yeah, it was man. That. And, uh, anyway, I'll let you guys get going and, right. um uh, Enjoy the rest of your day and thanks for having me. It's been an absolute joy talking with you.
0: Yeah. It, thanks for coming, man.
2: Really appreciate it. My pleasure. It. My pleasure. Take care, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.